And welcome back to the podcast, Simmer Down. We have a full staff here today. Gang's all here. Welcome welcome to the podcast, Finn Waters. Thank you. I'm excited to be here for my first podcast. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to go through today. The first thing we want to talk about, though, Michael Thomas. Clown of the day. So, as everyone knows, Mike Thomas is kind of a diva. And this past week, man, he got, he got into it with, uh, with uh, one of my personal favorite receivers, Devontae Parker of the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this is it's just such a petty thing. I mean, the Saints already have the most annoying fans, and now they have the most annoying player in the NFL, too. So, um, he's basically the new KD. I wouldn't be surprised if he had any burner accounts. I really wouldn't. I mean, it almost would be better if he made burner accounts and then would go off, you know? I mean, he would be the guy, though, to make burner accounts. He's also never had in his career more than – he's never had more than nine touchdowns in his career. Yeah, a couple – It's insane to me. Yeah, just a couple key stats. Um, never had more than nine touchdowns. And, um, he's – more of a short yardage, just get the first down red zone threat guy. And he's never had any. Yeah, slants. I know. I mean, the slant is his specialty, but he's not necessarily just limited to that. But that is his main thing. And he's never had more than 12.4 yards per catch. Here's, here's a more interesting stat. The second leading receiver on the Saints was tight end Jared Cook, who only had 705 yards who's not even a receiver, and then Alvin Kamara, who only had 533 yards, who is also not a receiver. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and you compare him to Devontae Parker. I mean, Parker went to the Dolphins. They didn't have a great team when he came in 2015. Um, he's working with Ryan Tannehill, and they already had Jarvis Landry as the wide receiver one on the team. And their head coach, Joe Philbin, was fired after four games. Um, he's, so he's been dealing with average quarterback play. Um, with no legit coach, no legit offense. Um, and finally, this year, when he got Brian Flores, the first Patriots assistant that might work out as a head coach under the, from the Bill Belichick tree, um, he still, um, Brian Flores, had inherited the worst roster in the NFL. It was the consensus worst roster. And even after they traded Minka Fitzpatrick, their best player, um, they still rallied um, to a 5-4 and four finish. Yeah, Michael I mean, Th- Devontae Parker. He, oh, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think Michael <laughs> Thomas was like he'd be. He's like the best NCAA fourteen football player ever. He kills that slant route, but nothing else is really working for him there. Honestly. Yeah. So. I, and this is coming from an Ohio State. Yeah, this is yeah, this is coming from a, a bandwagon Ohio State guy. So. <laughs> Look, man, I I I just don't like players that are like him that don't have the number. Like they act like they have crazy good numbers, but I mean, sure, you can have one hundred and fifty something receptions, but like nine touchdowns. It just seems this is so weird. Like I mean, you would assume someone getting that many you know targets a game would be scoring a lot more, but he's not. I mean, maybe he's just a shitty red zone. 
Yeah. So, uh, Mike Thomas, you are our clown of the day. I hope you, I hope you end up listening to this and fire at us with your burn accounts. And uh, congrats on being our very first clown. Yes, of the day. congratulations. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, a little more serious. Um, we got the debate between two quarterbacks who kind of fell off, who were not their career trajectory was not the same as it was four years ago. Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Cam Newton is obviously coming off being released from the Panthers, and Jameis Winston coming off his incredible thirty for thirty season, right through thirty touchdowns and thirty picks. Takes takes some skill to do that, but um, who has the better chance of starting next year? What do you think? I mean, my my money's on Cam. I think Cam will probably come in to somebody that just doesn't see an injury coming. They're starting quarterback, and he just tries to come in and. Um, he's the immediate solution um, for whatever team that is, I would think. I mean, because he's not going to take a backup job um, like Jameis. Um, the Saints are interesting because Drew Brees, I mean, I don't know. We, I, he's as the, the longer he's gone into his career, he's had some midseason fatigue and other things. And last year he had the injury, too, to his thumb on a throwing hand. So maybe Jameis does get um, a chance of starting in 2020. Who knows? I mean, but my money would be on – Cam Newton. Yeah, I'd have to agree as well. I, I don't think Jameis will start next year because I think Drew Brees is going to, you know, have the job, obviously. And then I've also heard that the Saints are looking to start Taysom Hill after, not even looking for Jameis Winston to start, which I find a little bit perplexing because I would assume that if they brought in Jameis Winston, they'd be looking to start him in the future. But yeah, I also agree too that Cam is more likely to start. But it's just the problem is that he hasn't gotten this, you know, anywhere to go right now. I mean, where in the NFL, what team fits with Cam Newton right now? And, like, where? I mean, like, the only teams that would make sense, I think, at this point would be the Chargers or the Jags. But the Chargers are pretty um, content with starting with Tyrod. And then the Jags, I think that I think the Jags yeah, are just trying to tank. I mean, if they want to sell tickets, yeah, you want to sign Cam. But – I think they're trying to tank and get as good of a pick as they can next year. They, they, they also seem pretty high on Gardner Minshew as well. I mean, he didn't really have a bad rookie season, but it could have been better. But I guess they'll ride it out as long as they can. With yeah, he just I, has I, such a low ceiling, though. Yeah, I mean, Minshew is a nice little cup. He's going to have his nice little cup of coffee in the league. But, uh, you know, come next year, I think there will be a different quarterback. Regardless for the Jags. All right, moving on. Um, so, this is a big free agent that still hasn't been signed, and a lot of people are wondering why he's asking for so much money. Jadavian Clowney, where 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 do you guys see him ending up? If I if I had to guess, I would say he ends up with on a short term deal with the Browns because the Browns have the most money. They got the best roster. Uh, they do play in the most competitive division. Titans definitely have a much easier road, I think, in terms of their division. But I think the Browns make the most sense because they have the most money. And um, they have Miles Garrett op- opposite of Jadavian if he were to come to Cleveland. So they wouldn't actually be able to completely just key in on Jadavian. You know, they'd still have to give some attention to Miles Garrett, you know, the helmet slinger. So 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see the Titans maybe being favorable for him because simply because he's already played in the division for a majority of his career. But, yeah, I also agree. I think the Browns are definitely the spot where he'll, where he'll go. It just seems like kind of, you know, a perfect match in terms of a team looking to build up and, you know, build a contender and, you know, someone like Jadavion wanting to go to one of those teams as well. But, I mean, I also just think the Browns are, you know, the 2010 or, yeah, the 2010 Eagles 2.0, you know. They got all the toys, but they can't do anything with them. Well, yeah, that's going to depend a lot on how Baker plays. But, um, I mean, yeah, if Clowney and the Seahawks, it doesn't just seem likely because they only have $14.6 million. So, I mean, he could take the one-year uh, prove-it deal. But if he knows, he can already get more money on a short-term deal from the Titans or the Browns because the Titans only have $23.2 million, But Jadavian isn't quite, I think, a $20 million a year player. Um, I would take a deal with one of them because they're still contenders too. Well, I think someone's going to overpay them. That's the reality too. I don't think anyone's going to like. Someone's definitely going to overpay. That's usually the case. Pass rushers come a dime a dozen. Yeah, it is a highly coveted position. So everyone wants one. I mean, if yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I think he does go to the Browns though because if they cut uh, Olivier Vernon, they free up fifteen million. You bring in Clowney. You have a daunting pass rush. kind of like how the Chargers have two great pass rushers. The Browns would be deploying the same thing. Um, makes a lot of sense to put them on a short-term deal. I mean, I don't think the Browns can give them long-term because they got to pay. They're going to have to pay some guys coming up. They're going to have to pay Baker eventually, um, the helmet slinger. Uh, Odell is still in the books. Denzel. Uh, yeah, Denzel Ward. Um, they just paid Chubb. They just paid uh, Jack Conklin. Oh, yeah, Nick Chubb, yeah, Nick Chubb. Too, is going to be a big one. I mean, it, it would be interesting to see how much money he would command um, when that time comes. And then uh, Jarvis is still uh, there too, so. Yeah, I mean, to pose an interesting question here off um, off script. I mean, where do we? I mean, what do the Browns do if Baker has another season like he did this year? Like, do you think you just gotta cut your losses right away and trade him for what little value he has, or do you give him another? Do you let him finish out his rookie contract? I mean, at this point, you did everything you could, right? You drafted a left tackle. You signed Jack Conklin. You give him weapons. Odell and Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper and David Njoku. I mean, if he doesn't succeed, I think that's... Yeah, I mean, mean, it's hard to really predict who would trade for him in a year, you know, because, I mean, who... I don't know how many teams he would um, really fit that locker room, their locker room culture. I mean, because he's, you know, he's he talks a lot of talk, but he hasn't been able to really back it up yet. Yeah, so even even if you add Devian Clowney, I mean, it's it's now or never, Baker. It's your time to shine, or else you're uh, gonna be another Browns QB. I mean, it's it's a little unfair, I think, to only give him a year and then be like, okay, you have a coach now, go win, you know, go go make the Super Bowl. I mean, I think that's a little unfair because especially with the situation we're in right now, there's no OTAs. Um, it's gonna be a shortened off season. I mean, we'll see how much time to even get for training camp i mean they could just delay everything but i mean if you get a short and a shortened uh training camp and to learn a whole new offense you know and you don't get to that many practices to to uh, get that offense going you know it's um they could still struggle especially in that division i mean the thing is he needs to show some progress thanks thank uh that one season blake Bortles had where he led his team to the afc championship 
I mean, that wasn't all him, but he definitely just got the job done and did what he needed to do. And I think that's what Baker needs to do. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, it's a situation where he needs to go to the AFC championship, but I think, you know, anything less than a, you know, a, with the weapons they have, anything, you know, in my opinion, less than a 10 and six record, you know, is not ideal. I mean, they should be winning nine to 10 games at least. So, so and I think a wild card playoff is, you know, not out of the, not, that should be the expectation. I don't think they need to shoot for, you know, swing for the fences, but I mean, should they get to the playoffs? I think, you know, of course. I mean, I think it's the same thing with the Cowboys as well. You know, you have a quarterback in many ways in a similar situation to Baker where, you know, he really needs to prove his, his worth this season because he has all the tools to succeed, but they just haven't, you know, had the right offensive scheme or, what you know, whatever. But, I mean, I think there's a lot of situations like that in the NFL this year where it's just about, you know, can teams put it together this year and, you know, finally, like, make some progress, you know, where they haven't been able to in the last two, three years. And, you know, yeah. I mean, another, another interesting potential situation is where Baker has a statistical season like Dak, but they only go nine and seven and they miss the yeah. playoffs or something or eight and eight, they miss the playoffs. Like that's, that'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with Baker after that. Yeah. Man, Cleveland, man, really interesting team this year. Very As always. Interesting team. All right. Um, another free agent that we kind of want to talk about. He's uh, he's he's more of a clown than um, Mike Thomas, in my opinion. Antonio Brown. Okay, what if he gets reinstated? Where do you guys? Is think he, he even considered a free agent anymore, though? Like, can we can we seriously no argue idea. that like he's got <laughs> to return to the NFL? I mean, no. I think uh, I think no. I think he there's a ch- is a good chance he gets reinstated if. If these, if these, accu- if um, I don't know what his his legal status is with these allegations and cases, but let's say those get dismissed, and he's uh he's innocent, you know, and he's all uh, good to go for football. Do they? I think he. I mean, the worst what they could give him is like probably eight games, right? Six, eight games, because Zeke had the same. He had a similar situation, right? And then he, um, they. The, the the accuser dismissed the case and so he was innocent and then they still slammed him with six games so i mean it it'd be difficult to see antonio brown getting more than eight games i would say yeah i mean i think the nfl is a little bit of a crapshoot for suspensions i mean like it doesn't really make any sense oh yeah no it doesn't it's, like, it's yeah. absolutely for, it's absolutely insane like one guy gets suspended for eight games or something you know that's not even criminally related essentially. And then someone else gets, you know, suspended for four or five for assault. Like yeah, Tom I mean, Brady gets suspended four games for deflating balls. Well, we know <laughs> Dave Porto will have his opportunity to address Roger Goodell on that. For the Monday night football. <laughs> face that should be fun. Yeah. I mean, but, that, that's true though. It, it could be a lot worse than eight games too, at the same time, because, um, I think Goodell and Jerry Jones were more just clashing head to head, and then he said, "Okay, you want to challenge my authority? I'll suspend your best player." And so that's what happened. Um, it, I mean, an AB he could actually be um, in more hot water, so um, we could see a, a, actually a worse suspension. Jake, you listed uh, a couple of teams that you think AB can go to. We'll start by with the Ravens. This is the obvious one because his cousin's on the team. Yeah, uh, the Ravens, I mean, it would make a lot of sense because they do need a legitimate wide receiver one. Uh, and then they, they, you know, you have 
Hollywood Brown is already on the team. They already got some kind of uh, thing going with Lamar Jackson because they've worked out together. So, I mean, the Ravens would make a lot of sense. I don't think John Harbaugh is going to want A.B. in his locker room because he knows what his kind of personality, uh, what kind of magnitude he has and the potential for destruction in that locker room and pitting players against the coach. So I don't know if it will happen, but it would make a lot of sense. It would definitely make a lot of sense. Um, Seahawks. What if the Seahawks go for A.B.? So the Seahawks are number two because Pete Carroll has shown he can deal with personalities. He's a player's coach. He can. He's good with these kind of guys. Um, so it's. I mean, and it would make a lot of sense because you can only you can put him on a cheap deal, a one-year prove-it deal. Um, so if in case if he does go wild off the field again, you know you're not paying a huge penalty uh, for signing him. So it would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, again, I don't know if necessarily they want him in the locker room. Uh, Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins. Well, AB, he has that Miami mansion, you know, so uh, <laughs> he, who knows? Maybe he really likes Tua and uh, they get something going and, you know, they get some more jersey sales. Um, he, he likes he likes to chuck furniture off his balcony in Miami as well, so. Yeah. yeah, he's used to the climate, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Miami kind of fits his persona, so that would that would make a lot of sense. Um, these these next four are kind of question marks and a lot less likely to sign AB. The Green Bay Packers. The Packers make sense because they need a deep threat, and they haven't had a legitimate deep threat in years, let alone. <laughs> draft one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and yeah, they absolutely neglected the position in the draft. So you, and you need a legitimate number two for Devonte Adams. You need to take away um, all the attention going to him in the middle of games. I mean, if you just can double team and play him over the top and you take away Devonte, I mean, that team, there's not much left in that receiving core. And Aaron Rodgers is, can only make do for so long. So that would make a lot of sense, but, does AB like Green Bay? Does Green Bay like AB? I don't know. Um, the Chargers. The Chargers. Now, we kind of need a deep threat, and we could absolutely use a third wide receiver. I mean, I think AB would be the number one if he went to the Chargers, obviously. But um, it would make sense. And who knows? Maybe Anthony Lynn feels like he can connect with AB and um, have a better grip on him than um, other teams have the last within the last year. Yeah, if AB were to join the Chargers, that would make them, in my opinion, yeah. the best receiving core in the league. Like, no question. You got two 1,000 yard receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And then you add Antonio Brown. That would be, that'd be insane. Probably won't happen, though, because Anthony Lynn doesn't like that. Or yeah, Tom Telesco, at least. Yeah, doesn't Tele- like that, doesn't, that doesn't seem like the. Telesco's aggressive, but he's not going to risk it all. So I don't think that will happen. Kansas City. So Kansas City, they do need a wide receiver. They're kind of in cap hell right now. They have like $53 so, in cap, yeah. I mean, yeah, they have like scraps right now. So <laughs> uh, I it, I don't think that would necessarily happen. But, I mean, if AB went to the Chiefs, I mean, I think it'd be very easy to see them back in the Super Bowl once again. So it, it would make sense. But um, will the Chiefs do it? I don't know. And finally, the uh, Houston Texans. Uh, Texans, they kind of have a hole now with New Coppin, New Hopkins 
out of the picture. So that would make a lot of sense, and it would, you know, give it would definitely uh, draw the fans back in, you know. And who knows how many fans left after uh, Billy O. Stooges' off season. So um, I think it would make a lot of sense. But will he do it? Uh, I don't know. Nope. Um, it, probably not. I mean, because he really got rid of um, New Hopkins because he was bringing his baby mamas around. Apparently, apparently. Can't, don't quote me on that. But, I mean, yeah, nobody, nobody really knows how <laughs> Billy Stooge thinks. So, yeah, I don't really know what goes inside the head of his. Hey, but you know, now he has two running backs, both named D Johnson. That's really cool. They essentially do the same thing. It's like a coin collection, you know. He wanted like two of the same type. For <laughs> <laughs> oh you know? man! Yeah, like Bill O'Brien running... treats his teams like a, a coin collection, you know. Just like you know, gotta collect them all. Get you know, oh, I don't want this one. I can get you know one that I think is rare, even though it's worth less. Exactly. Worth like exactly. He's, he's gonna throw a Pokemon ball at you, but you don't know what's inside. That's what <laughs> yeah. I think. That's what he's going for there. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Um, so moving on to our unpopular opinion segment, drum roll for uh, unpopular opinion number one, please. Padres will take a wild card spot in the NL. Switching to baseball. Switching to baseball. Quick switch. That's right. Quick, very quick switch. Well, uh, you know, as someone, package. you know, obviously the team is, you know, the season hasn't started, you know, because of the virus and everything, but. Um, I don't know. Do we really think that? I mean, you know, they're bringing up. I, I think the offense is fairly explosive this year, but I mean, I don't know how much. I mean, it seemed like there was minimal change to the team, like not really anything major. I mean, I know they were thinking about trading for Mookie Betts, but the Boston Red Sox weren't going to take it unless Tatis was included, so they decided not to. So, I mean, the Dodgers have only gotten stronger, um, but I mean, I think there's a possibility they can get that second place in the NL West, but I, I don't know. I think a wild card experience, a wild card um, berth could be there. I think if not this year, definitely the year after. But um, I think if Tatis can stay healthy and he has the type of season he did when he was last year, I think they definitely have a shot. But... They're they're definitely banking on their pitchers to develop really fast. I mean, their offense is really potent, but and their defense is solid. I mean, especially that infield, if you look at you, you got Hosmer at first. I forgot who's playing second, but you got, like, that brick wall over there of Tatis and uh, Machado. No, nothing's getting past that. But the outfield j- j- just got more solid with uh, the acquisition of Tommy Pham. You got Will Myers, and I forgot who else plays back there. But, I mean, solid defense. The, the problem last year was pitching, mostly. They're just giving up way too many runs. I mean, yeah, and then that's that's the thing. Uh, when you come down to uh, who makes the playoffs, it's about it. Come the bottom line comes down to pitching and the manager. The Padres, we were, were rumored to want somebody with experience um, and to come take in that manager spot, and then they hired um, some no name from Texas. I don't even know his name. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that. So then you have that, and then we have a lot of untapped potential at pitcher and. I mean, that's pitching is a big thing. If I don't know if the pitchers, the young pitchers, the young prospects we have are going to be ready to step into that spotlight this year, and I don't think we're going to have enough um, that 
develop this season necessarily into um, a team that's good enough to take a wild card spot. So honestly, I think it's a little far fetched. Um, it's hard to really see with the current roster us um, taking that next step. I mean, uh, you know, outside of pitching, I mean, I don't know if the the the, the you know the rest of the the lineup has a ton of glaring holes. I mean, obviously second base is a little bit of a, a little bit of an issue. Um, I don't really think jerks and profiles that great of a player and Brian Dozier and Greg Garcia aren't really, you know, or sorry, Brian Dozier is not very, you know, I mean, he's serviceable, but they needed, they definitely need a second baseman in my opinion. I don't think they have a second baseman there. And I think, you know, maybe a wild card's possible if they're aggressive and, and, you know, by the deadline, I mean, there's been rumors, obviously, of Francisco Lindor leaving Cleveland. Um, You know, that could be a possibility. But, I mean, I think it all comes down to the play of Fernando Tatis and Manny Manny Machado on offense. You know, if the pitching can improve, that's a good step. But I do think they need one more, you know, star piece on on offense for sure. And obviously the prospect pool is good. So there's, you know, the future is definitely bright. But I don't think they should waste the prospect pool they have now on trying to win this season. Um, and I think that I think management knows that. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, there's always a bunch of teams that you um, know will be in the mix, but it's it's just a wait and see game. You have to wait and see um, when you get to the trade deadline. Um, what do you need? Do you if you do need anything, and do you plan on making a run down the stretch to make the playoffs? Um, so that's that's really the big question. And AJ Preller, he's an unpredictable guy. You know, this guy likes to make moves at the trade deadline, whether he's He's we're bringing people in, we're shipping people out. He's always making moves, so it's gonna. I mean, it's always interesting to see what um he's up to. Still recovering from his last experiment too, as well. Yeah, the the original AJ Preller experience where <laughs> we we just started bringing in everybody, and it uh, ended in flames. <laughs> All right, um, up the coast a little. A lot of people are high on the Angels this year. Do you guys think they take the next step and clinch a wild card spot, or do they stay where they're at? I'm not really an Angels fan, but I kind of I, I feel like they've kind of become one of my favorite teams for some weird reason. It's probably just because I, you know, I'm so frustrated the team with Mike Trout can't make the playoffs. <laughs> um, um, I I don't know if they're there yet. I mean, you know, they, I don't obviously Otani and uh, bringing in uh, Anthony Rendon is you know obviously great. I mean, I think that offense is going to be you know very 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 dominant, but I don't really know how well the pitching is um for the for the angels i know it hasn't been great in the past obviously last year they had the tragedy um and that didn't help the team but um you know they're an interesting ball club but i don't i mean i i think they they should at least make the playoffs um but their pitching is definitely leaves a lot to be uh desired for well i, I would love to see mike trout succeed finally. I, I mean everybody's rooting for mike trout i mean there's no question about that he he just had the um he just had a misfortune of you know playing for the angels uh, all right um moving along back to the nfl um we'll come back to baseball run, once it's speed starts. run a little speed, speed run a little top 25 list um i guess we'll start with 25 odell beckham jr yeah, I mean, everybody, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but Odell, I still think he is a top 25 player, and he definitely is one of the better wide receivers in the game. 
Um, so I thought he had to be on this list. Does he have the numbers though to back it? I mean, I think there's plenty of wide receivers that have better seasons than he does. I mean, we're going we're going off talent. We're going off talent, not production. I mean, for everybody, Michael Thomas is the king of uh, production. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Dude. I mean, Odell, yeah, but def- there's production of like, okay, some guy gets you know ten receptions for a game, great. But like, I mean, there's also the the level of production where you know a guy's making a difference where he's score, you know, leading the league in touchdowns and yardage. I mean, I think those are the two biggest stats, you know, scoring and how many yards you're getting a game for a catch. Um, but I mean, I I think I think Odell will have a a bounce back year this year. I, I think he could be a you know comeback player of the year candidate. Um, he definitely has it. Um, but I don't think he's ever going to reach the level of success he might have had in the past due to some injuries that he's accumulated over the years. And most Giants fans will know about that with his ankles. Um, but I do think, yeah, I, w- I would say he's definitely still one of the better receivers in the game for sure. Yeah. Uh, volatile 25 there. Definitely, right great, definitely great receiver, yeah. H- hate to mention it, but uh, Finn is a Giants fan, so. Yeah, seeing he's o- kind of o- salty that Odell bring, left. Yeah, he's, yeah, anytime he sees Odell, it's a bit of a. PTSD. Yeah, yeah, I, got, I have that bias. That, yeah. <laughs> All right, at 24, we got Von Miller. It, it's it, the, the Miller. bias is subtle, but it's there. <laughs> uh, going to Von Miller. Okay, the Charger fan bias. I mean, we could have a whole conversation <laughs> about the bias with the Charger. Before we start this top 25, if anybody like myself has lived in San Diego for a long time, they will know that Chargers fans are the most optimistic fuckers on the planet. Hey, man, we have These to guys, be. We've been through so much pain. I mean, pain, you, guys, you guys, I remember back in the past, you guys, first of all, you acted like Philip Rivers was Tom Brady. Not Dude, even close. He was coming off LT the MVP season. was considered a god, and I do love LT, but, I mean, He's the guy. What didn't win you a Super Bowl, didn't you? Remember 2007? Yeah, I remember uh, Marlon, remember Marlon, whatever his name is, fumble the interception against Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. Okay, okay. About the Brady thing, the Brady thing (laughs) is interesting because Brady has three documentaries in the works or in the process of already coming out. So you would have thought, with all this production he's doing on camera, he would be coming to LA, and LA makes a ton of sense for Giselle. So it all the experts thought Brady was coming to LA. It's, I mean, I mean, I think it it was all it was a sure thing. It came down to family and. It came down to taxes. It, it came down to <laughs> doesn't get taxed. Enough, Did it come down to taxes? Yeah. I, th- I heard it. Came- don't- yeah, there was there was there was there was uh, some like talk that like the part of the reason he moved to LA was because in Florida he was making a lot more money. Yeah, and don't. But I think it's funny this, he's but- having he's having three documentaries. Like, what's one going to be about the Patriots? The other one about the Bucks, and then the third one about kissing his son. Oh, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't give me don't quote ones. me on this, but I think it's legal to kiss your kids on the lips in Florida. I, don't quote me. On I don't know. Sucking face is kind of a weird I mean, thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady's really simping, I mean, okay, but anyways, <laughs> anyways, every expert except Jay Glazer, because he hasn't, he has a connection with the Bucks, because you know that's Glazer. Um, every expert thought he was going to LA, and he flipped and went to Tampa Bay because ultimately it was closer to his family, I think, in New York. So, I don't know. It was a tough draw. But his family? No, his family's from California. Yeah, no, his he's from the Bay Area. No. From, uh, like Bay Area. No, I heard. Um, no, I think one of his kids like lives in New York or something. That that's what, what? Really? that's what the story <laughs> is. Yeah, I mean, I, he grew he grew up like ne- right next to the town that I lived. He grew, he went, he lived in San Mateo. I lived in Redwood City. They were like ten minutes away from each other. Exactly. So you would have um, thought even more that he's coming to L.A. It, that was well, a shocker. You guys, 
you the funny rumor with him was so about I think two years ago after the Super Bowl they lost against the Eagles when they traded Garoppolo to the 49ers originally Belichick they wanted Tom Brady, Brady. yeah or they and, and they wanted Tom Brady and Belichick was like trying to give them Tom Brady but then Kraft's you know shot it down and then apparently since then the relationship with Belichick and Brady was sour and it never was the same so he wanted out from you know 2017 um but i mean you the 49ers would have been the ideal location for him because that's where he grew up like i'm assuming he was a 49ers fan when he was a kid but i mean i think tampa bay was a little bit of a shock but i mean i'm just someone i mean i i don't know how well that situation is going to go down there you know it, it can easily be you know just a the same thing that happened last year i mean is tampa bay's roster any better than the patriots was last year where you know they got dominated by the Titans. Hey, hey I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, they got some weapons on the they outside. Got, they got some. All, all, they, all, they, all they had last year was a was a wrong side of thirty Edelman and uh, true and uh, Sanu who would rather and Sanu who would rather do a flea flicker than uh you know actually go make a play. So yeah, you didn't let me finish my charger rant. You see this? They didn't want me. Hey, to finish hey, it. Well, they had you can do that when we get to number they eighteen because the number eighteen hey. is Joey Bosa. Okay, you can you can rant. Yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't there when the Chargers were yeah, in San Diego. Last the last year, you, last you, year. I mean, I, remember, I watched him play. I last watched year, him. that's right. Yeah. Look, these Chargers fans, guys, they just they they have this optimism that is just no one else. Like at least with the Giants, like we only have optimism. Like you know the when like you know the rare year Eli decides to Eli decided retired. to go off and have a great playoffs. That's when optimism came up. He's gone now. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey! He didn't go to San. He didn't go to San Diego for a reason, so he could win two Super Bowls with the Giants. Hey, hey first of all, so. you, you at least we're not arrogant Giants fans. That's yeah. number one. Number two, this isn't the dog pound. <laughs> this is the Chargers. We are we are humble people. Yeah, but yeah, but the optimism levels you guys have are insane. Like, you know how many times like Chargers fans would be like, "Oh, our team is so hey, stacked this year," and then you guys and then everyone tears eight. the ACL. Like, at least everyone when the Giants, yeah. But then at least when the Giants went eight and eight, we would still be like, "Well, Eli sucks. We need to run him out of town." And then you know he would pull like you know three games out of his ass, and then you know make Tom Brady his son for two games, and you know there you go, you got two. Yeah, Super but Bowls. somehow eight and eight always turns into oh, Eli still won two rings, and uh, right. we couldn't do that anymore. He gave us seventeen and he gave us seventeen and one. You can't you can't hate on that or eighteen eighteen and one, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about Eli, man. He's always had like he's always had an O line. He's a Hall of Famer. You have to, you God, have to I, put him in. It pains me to say this, but he has the same amount of Super Bowl wins as his brother. It, it, it pains it me to pains say this, everyone, but trust me, it even pains, pains me Giants. To say this. I think Eli Manning will make the Hall of Fame, and he has a higher shot of making the Hall of Fame than than uh, Philip Rivers. Unfortunately, he'll no, make Rivers it, but will make it. Be like I, I mean, I think Rivers staying on him. Yeah, unless he like wins with the Colts, but that would be really sound. If well, Eli, I mean, think about it. Eli's got more rings than Rogers, than than Breeze. Like, I mean, than Marino. Like, than uh, the great quarterbacks. That, well, Marino also didn't have any yeah. Rings, but I mean, a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFL, Eli's got them beat. But I mean, I, I I'll make the argument too that I mean, in two thousand seven, you know that that team was just led by the defense, um, which you know had Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck. Um, you know, among others. Um, and then the same thing in 2011, you know, the, the best Giants teams are always powered by high, you know, high, like, you know, explosive defenses. And I think that's why they've lost their, you know, their, their sight the last few years is they're trying to build up the offense before the defense, but for the Giants, the defense is always the first thing that, you know, 
defense comes first for the Giants. It's always been there. That's true. You know, All right, we got to move on to number 24. We got we got twenty four more players to get through, guys. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's uh, let's uh, uh let's be... no no more no more getting off. No more here. no more bias talk <laughs> anymore about our teams. Yeah, we're 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 okay. like the least no, biased. No more bias fans. All right, number number. I don't even have a sport. Number twenty four straight killer. I hate the Giants Von now. Miller. Von Miller, uh, definitely still worthy of a top twenty five player. Um, he we've seen a little uh, decrease. You know, uh, in his play this past season, but he's definitely still one of the uh, premier pass rushers. So, yeah, that's Vaughn. That's definitely do for a rebound year because the offense will actually do something, and he's not going to be on the field like the whole game anymore. So, uh, yeah, Von Miller, twenty four. Any thoughts on Von Miller? Then? Great player. Watched him in the Super Bowl against the Panthers. He. He, I mean, he just destroyed Cam Newton all game. They literally just sent him to blitz Cam Newton every play. Like they did. That was, I, I mean, like what a what a pregame what a pregame talk he probably had before that game. Like you know, uh, Q, who was the coach then? Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak probably just went up to him and was like, "I just need you to go right up the middle the whole game and just scare the shit out of Cam yeah, Newton." Man, he's uh, yeah, I think he's still one of the better defensive players in the game. I mean, you know, he's just a, he's been solid for a long time and. You know, definitely a future. Uh, All right, number t- at twenty-three, Philip Rivers' sure. favorite new teammate, Quinton Nelson. Quinton Nelson, uh, probably probably the best guard right now in the NFL. This guy was an All-Pro as a rookie. Uh, this guy definitely uh, worthy of this being in this top twenty-five. Um, had to give some O-linemen some love. Um, only two in the top twenty-five, you know, because of so much talent at these uh, skill positions. But uh, definitely Quinton Nelson, uh, worthy of. Um, being in this, this list. dude levels people. Like I watched, I watched some film on him. He freaking levels people. Like he is, he's like, he's, he's definitely an all pro guard, and he will be for years to come. Colts, Colts really hit on that pick a couple years ago. Yeah, too late though to help <laughs> yeah. out Andrew. Finally, Brown. when they get an O line, he just decides to retire. Uh, at twenty two, we got Jamal Adams. Oh, yeah. From trade rumors going around there. Yeah, Jamal Adams. This guy's got some interesting – yeah, the Jets. Jets always yeah, always can't Okay, so, yeah, I mean, obviously he wants to go to Dallas because that's his hometown team. Uh, but, yeah, Jamal Adams, I think I'm a little low maybe on him. He could have been a couple spots higher. Um, this wasn't a f- super final list. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, – Colin Coward called him a top-10 player. I, I don't know if I can necessarily agree with that. But he's he's borderline. Um, he's up. He's he's in the conversation. Um, definitely worth a spot on this list as well. Definitely one of the best safeties in the league. Yeah, it's funny that the, the it's funny the Cowboys not don't want anything to do with him. Like they came out and we're just like, yeah, like I mean, they, well, it's been known now at least that like they don't want to trade for him. So I mean, I don't even know. I mean, he's another interesting uh, spot where he gets traded because I mean, I read that you know the Jets are not likely to extend him and they're going to trade him because I know he's unhappy there. So, I mean, I wonder please, where he goes. Yeah, I mean, please don't waste someone's getting a like very, very good safety, right if not very one of the best in the league. Um, at 21, yeah. Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, Nick Bosa, uh, you love to see this guy play. Uh, the motor does not run higher, I don't think, for any other player than this guy. Um, love, to, love to see him play in the playoffs. Um, just a heck of a heck of a football I'll player. Pass rusher, can stop the run. He's like he's almost bigger than Joey Bosa, man. He's like I think he's a little, little bigger than Joey Bosa. But I mean, 
you get you get everything Joey gets or Joey has and and I mean in my opinion a little more upside which which is good for the Niners man. Ohio State fan, yeah. Nick you Bosa, man. Say about your boy, Nick Bosa. I saw him at the Rose Bowl last year with his mom, <laughs> and I think the mom could be an All-Pro defensive player in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, she was, wow, she was bigger than both boys. No offense to Mrs. Bosa, she's probably a beautiful, nice lady. But uh, yeah, I mean, Nick Bosa. I mean, you know, I definitely. I mean, amazing how. I mean, just a great pickup for the Forty ers I mean, they obviously, you know knew what they were getting with him. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Ohio State, DEU, maybe. <laughs> okay, cool, man. DB, <laughs> yeah, DBU, but they don't have a single Thorpe word this decade. So. No, not DBU, DEU. D- defensive uh, end. Oh, okay. D, yeah. Oh, that's, you know what? There might be, there, you know, there yeah, be you can't, yeah, we don't have you know DBU. What? That, that, that could go in our unpopular we opinion. We got Chase segment. Young, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa. I mean, obviously one of them wins championships, yeah. so. All right, we, we yeah. at number twenty. We got Tyreek. Oh yeah, this year, Daddy man, watch out. Hill. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Tyreek Daddy Hill. Inside oh, joke. The, inside joke. First inside joke of the podcast. Um, yeah, everybody. Uh, uh, high school memories. We, we all bow down to Tyreek Hill because uh, nobody can beat this guy. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Terrible person. Great player. I oh mean, yeah. My opinion on him, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. Um, he's just so explosive in that Chiefs offense. Um, you know, that play in the Super Bowl, I mean, how do you – I mean, that's just – that play right there summed it. You know, the Chiefs were just, you know, getting manhandled the whole game. Patrick Mahomes did not look like himself. And then that fourth quarter, you know, all it takes is one play from both of them just to change the entire landscape of the game. And, um, I, you know, his speed is just – I think he's really shown – you know, because obviously the NFL th- these days, you know, Scott, you know, g- guys that have burners, you know, they're a, they're a high, you know, they're they're a wanted commodity. But a lot of times you'll end up with a Tyree Kill or you'll get a John Ross who's very inconsistent. Even but worse, I mean, Kevin White. They really struck gold with Tyree Kill, and yeah, and, yeah, true. God, Kevin White, <laughs> R.I.P. But yeah, but Tyree Kill. <laughs> my opinion, one of the best receivers in the game, and you know, he just makes the Chiefs a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, best deep threat in the NFL um, makes him warrant a spot on this and list. You can see once they added more receivers who were as fast as him, he went off, man. He's a uh, he now he has like all the talent around him, so you can't really like play him deep all the time because everyone else runs a four two on that offense too. So that offense is only getting yeah. more dangerous as well as we'll see with, with who they take well, 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 let's see. Let's see when they pay Patrick, and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there and see how much more they can really <laughs> yeah, add to that true. team. All right, at, uh, at nineteen, we got David Bakhtiari from uh, the Green Bay Packers. Sorry if I butchered your name, my friend, but I mean, yeah, David Bakhtiari, uh, the best pass protecting tackle in the league. Uh, definitely thought he should be somewhere on this list, and I found a spot for him. At number 19, the shotgun king. <laughs> uh, you know, just absolutely embarrassing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, oh, Aaron, th- I mean, I think that cursed Aaron Rodgers. That's why they drafted Jordan Love. <laughs> they, probably, they probably saw a video of Jordan Love chugging a beer, and they realized that Jordan Love can chug beers, and they were like, well, time for, yeah. Patrick, uh, for Aaron Rodgers to go. <laughs> yeah, the discount double-check guy doesn't fit the, doesn't fit the Green Bay uh, Packer <sighs> culture. Man, I kind of want, like – 
I kind of want Jordan Love to go to like Bucks game and see if he gets booed, which I think he probably will. That'd be funny. All right, at eighteen, we got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Joey Bosa. I was saying they got a what was know, that connection went there. They gotta, they gotta have Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love sitting next to each other at a Bucks game, and they just gotta see like they gotta have them both oh, chug yeah. a beer, and whoever wins oh, the beer man. chugging becomes the starting quarterback, and the other one gets traded. That's how the Packers do. Oh, That's man. how they get rid of Aaron Rodgers. That. <laughs> That would that would be interesting. That would be real interesting. <laughs> All right, number eighteen, Joey, uh, Joey Bosa, Bosa. Because only up here, because I think he he's better than Nick Bosa at the moment. Honestly, they could both play think... and be the same player, which is kind of scary. Sustainability <laughs> issues, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Joey. Uh... No, no, no. no sustain- sustainable. I mean, he's been injured, right? Nick... Oh, oh no, not really. He was he was fine last year. Well, yeah, he missed a couple games of what rookie year, and he still had ten and sacks. And then he missed, so, like, he missed like ten the following year. But I mean, last year he played like fifteen or sixteen games. So I mean, he's he's definitely um, yeah. he's definitely like one of those players you got to keep an eye on for DPOI every year because you could you could go off in an instant, you know. Yeah, great, great with the hands. Um, makes him one of the best rushers in the game. Hands, footwork, speed. He's got the whole package. Hopefully the Chargers pay him. Please, Telesco, please pay Joey Bosa. Or else uh, you're going to lose a fan. Just kidding. I'm just going to suffer. No, Tele- no Telesco, <laughs> Telesco keeps in-house talent when, when he wants when to. He wants I mean, to. when he needs to. When it, no, when he, when he needs to. Uh, and Bosa's a guy they, they can't let go. Yeah, they definitely can't let him go. Even if, even if that means, I think, you got to let Melvin go. I mean, take his spot. So oh, <laughs> we got Travis Kelsey at number seventeen. Travis Kelsey, um, definitely a top tier tight end in this league. Uh, the maybe the most dangerous receiving threat at the position. I mean, that's still a debate with Kittle. Um, but yeah, absolutely, Travis Kelsey, number Travis seventeen. Travis Kelsey could literally play slot receiver if he wanted to, but it just happens that he can block. So I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a great tight end, and. Uh, one and two, Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle, in my mind. Those two are very interchangeable. Great, great players, both of them. DeAndre Hopkins. All right. At, D-Hop. at 16, DeAndre. DeHop. Nuke. Nuke Hopkins. This guy, this guy's a beast. I yeah, didn't he realize plays bigger he's than he is. One, wow, really? About, so, I didn't I mean, know the, that. I mean, yeah, you would guess by by his film that he would yeah. be like six five, but no, the dude's actually only six one, and he plays much bigger. Um, that just speaks volumes to you know um, the level of talent that this guy plays. Yeah, I mean, great body plays that. So best hands in the league. It's unbelievable catches every game. The Cardinals, I mean, they're they're getting very dangerous now. I mean, with I mean they I mean Fitzgerald still produces a little. And, you know, they got some young receivers like Christian Kirk and Andy Isabel that are not bad. I mean, adding DeAndre Hopkins to that, that uh, roster is about Kenyon Drake, a huge uh, improvement. Running back, too. And Kenyon Drake, yeah. Sleeper fantasy player. Yeah, de- definitely the guy Kyler Murray needed uh, in Arizona. But uh, couldn't put him any higher on this list because uh, he wasn't good enough for Billy O'Steele. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's right uh, there. We're listening 16. to Bill O'Brien for our, our rankings. We called him earlier. You know, we were like, who are your top players in the league? He's like, number one, David Johnson. <laughs> number two, 
Duke Johnson. All right. Um, Gotta have the D Johnson at, there. And number three was number three was maybe Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you know, he's still. Mm, up I don't know about that. I think uh, what's his name's uh for him? Who they trade for from the Rams? Got him. Uh, Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Cook. Yeah, Brandon oh, Cooks. Oh, that, yeah. oh, that boy. <laughs> yeah, that, Cooks that, that boy three. Cooks. Got, Watson's number four. <laughs> yeah, just like his jersey. All right, at fifteen, we right. got TB twelve himself. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady definitely. I mean, he you could argue he's a top ten player for sure because of just he's that elite of a decision maker in the field general uh, when he's out there. Um, but yeah, no, definitely um, he hasn't regressed the way everybody thinks he has. Uh, that was super overblown. This guy's definitely um, again. Top this dude had no receivers sure. last year. Everyone, so I mean, as much as I would like to say Tom Brady is falling off, he he's, he's not. He's gonna go off next year with Mike Evans and Chris. Chris Godwin. Ooh, I don't know about that. I'm not. A, I'm not as big of a believer in in the Tom Brady train right now. I think he's. I think at some level he's definitely. He's obviously peaked. I mean, I think he can lead him to the playoffs, but I don't think there's any more than you know, maybe a divisional round loss. Dude, this is this is like the three little pigs. You give Jimmy Garoppolo the 49ers <laughs> in that defense, and of course he's gonna make a brick house. You give Tom Brady like sticks and what you expected to make something. Like, I mean, I now. just don't expect. I mean, come on. Like, they lost. I mean, he lost. I mean, uh, okay, we can we can say all we want about the Patriots last year and the receiving core, but he won with that receiving core the year before. Like, I just think like he's definitely leveling off in terms of his ability as a play uh, as a player. And you know, I I think the offense is great for the Bucks, but I mean, like, what if you know, what if the O line ends up not? You know, I mean, like the big thing with him is like, can he get protected down there? And I think they have a decent offensive line, but I mean, I just don't. I mean. I just don't see him, you know, winning another Super Bowl with the box. I think that's what Well, uh, the big difference the big difference this year that you have to keep in mind was the fact that they didn't even replace uh Gronkowski. They replaced him with like a 37 yeah. 38 year old Benjamin Watson. I mean, <sighs> come on. I mean, you but can't is, is take, you can't get rid of Gronk and then We'll see. Only time will tell. But I mean, I mean that's the big question, Howard, I guess. Then too. is that if Gronk's as good as he is, OJ Howard. Yeah, but he's under he's underachieved since coming into the league. They've been, I, I also heard rumors that they were going to trade him. They might with Gronk. But sorry, boys, I'm eating. <laughs> eating on a podcast. Oh man! I'm just bag of Hershey's Kisses, like right next to me. Yeah. Oh, you don't need to. You don't need to go in depth. The viewers don't need. To sorry, know. viewers. The listeners don't need to know. It's not even something worth of of any substance. I'm just munching. You, I'm I mean, come eating on. like a lobster roll right now with like a side of you know caviar <laughs> and like a really good beer. Then like yeah, I'd kind of be interested in what you got over there. But yeah, that that's like a, that that's something worth mentioning. And Hershey's in the, kisses in the that you got from like that, the, but... the doctor's <laughs> office after you know getting your checkup, like that you've like found in your car like three hey, years man, later and like they weren't you know entirely melted. Yeah, they I'm sure they taste good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. Oh, man. We got we got Bobby Wagner. B Wags. Bobby Wagner. Number 14. Oh yeah, Bob Bobby Wagner number 14. Uh may, probably the best middle linebacker in the game. Um you know, he's he's approaching 30 if he's not already at 30. Um so he will I mean He's going to regress sooner than later, I would assume, but still playing at a really high level, um, leading that Seahawks defense, you know, with I mean, not a ton he, of pieces. He's, he's still he's, putting together he's a formidable defense. The region of film. I mean, he's been there forever. He, I mean, he's a great player. Um, can drop back and pass coverage. Re- really good run stuffer, man. That dude can stuff the run and, like, everything you want. 
in a linebacker. And I think he's the best middle linebacker now that um, Keekley's retired. Um, at 13, Zach Martin. Zach Martin, definitely. Uh, maybe he's the best guard in the game, actually. I take that back from Quentin Nelson. Uh, definitely Zach Martin needs to be in this conversation. Um, and he's a uh, great, he's been an all pro talent for years. Um, yeah, so definitely worth the spot here I mean, at 13. Doc, Dax probably is pretty thankful for him. I mean, he uh, clears solos on the run. He's a great pass protector. I mean, dude, this is, dude, it's a fantastic pass protector. And uh, I mean, he's an all pro for a reason for so many years, you know? Um, how do we not have Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers? And hey, spoiler we alert. To... Spoiler alert. <laughs> don't spoil the... We don't have Aaron, we don't have Aaron hey, that, Rodgers. Hey, that's, that's, that's a conversation for the... You're going to like number 12. Number 12 is Derwin James Jr. Let's hear it. Let's hear about Derwin James, Jake. Char- here we go. Chargers fans. DJ. No, well, I, I mean, it's no, always I... easier to talk about the guys that you actually watch for 16-plus yeah. games a year. Uh, you I guys mean, didn't put Brees in this speak chapter. To that. You left the Chargers and won a Super Bowl with another team. So I, I see how, I see how you guys are doing off. this. I see how you guys are doing this. It's okay. Yeah, I, I, you're you're kind of fishing there, man. You're fishing for some bias. That's all I'm saying. You're kind of digging for gold. Fishing for bias. Derwin James. Derwin James. Hey, can't complain with that. I have his jersey. I have his jersey. Yeah, DJ, you could argue this guy's a top 10 player. I mean, the, the versatility he brings, I mean, it's just like why I valued Isaiah Simmons yeah. so much in this draft class. Uh, DJ was the is really the first guy to um, really have this kind of skill set um, that's like represents the modern uh, defender. So, yeah, Derwin James, uh, yeah. This, yeah, this dude's all over the field. He's at. He's at free safety, strong safety, middle linebacker, outside linebacker. He'll come on the blitz. He'll, he'll pick you off. I mean, he's he's such a versatile player. I mean, and really thriving in Gus Bradley's system. Um, definitely worth the uh, definitely worth the number twelve spot in uh, the top twenty-five. Future defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, him or Joey. Both of them could potentially win it. He could be. Yeah. He, he could be a comeback. Yeah, because he was injured. Yeah, he injured, yeah, he yeah. injured. But, I mean, he had an incredible rookie season. Should have won rookie of the year. But... I mean, yeah, he was a he, he was a first – yeah, he's a first-team all-pro as a rookie. So, I mean, you already know, I mean, yeah. where, he's, where he's at. Um, at number 11, we got Julio Jones. Yep, my number one wide receiver. Um, I have him here at number eleven. Um, this was it was a tough it was tough to put him at eleven. Um, you could you could easily argue um, he needs to be higher, but the same thing can be said for a lot of these other dudes on this list. Um, but yeah, Julio Jones, a uh, great talent. Not a, not any true weaknesses. To this, like guy's a, game. this dude's a generational receiver, man. Too bad he uh, he's uh, stuck in Atlanta at the moment. But I mean, he's fast. He's tall. He does it all. You know. <laughs> Rhyming accidentally there. <laughs> almost a Mike Trout. Almost yeah, in the Mike exactly. Trout uh, yeah. situation. I mean, they made it to the Super Bowl, though. Yeah. That's the only difference. Still balls out. In those, he's still going to ball out, though, in those Power Ranger looking. <laughs> oh, my God. Those are disgusting. <laughs> What's up oh, with that? Oh, man. Awful. Jeez. All right. I mean, I know who who said who said Pop Warner was the new look. Yeah, I mean, it's like they it's like they went on that. What's that site? Uh, like uh, 
where you get like you know when you get like remember in like high school when you get those like uh the coaches would have like those magazines full of like the different types of uniforms oh, you can like get the catalog and they'd be like nike adidas and like they're all really simple like east bay, east bay. that's what it was <laughs> they, it's like it's like the falcons just in the rams too they just went on east bay and they were like all right yeah that works and then it's just like they just you know ordered it in bulk and <laughs> like we'll see what happens speaking but, speaking of the rams yeah. at number 10 we got Jalen ramsey who um who said he's not going to hold out you know he wants a new contract. Good on you, Jalen. Good on you. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I think we can say he's definitely in that top tier um, uh, at the position. Um, debating. I mean, obviously, there's a big debate at the t- who's at the top. You know, with Stephon Gilmore too. But uh, yeah, Jalen Ramsey, uh, versatile player still. Um, a lot like Derwin James, and um, just you know what he brings to the table. Uh, physical, physical guy. Um, has the size, the speed. Uh, he backs up yeah, the top. He'll shut down your favorite um, so receiver. Yeah. That's for sure. All right. Uh, at number nine. Oh, this one's for you, Finn. Saquon Barkley. Let's let's see it. Yeah, I'm looking at the. I'm. I'm... Oh yeah, he's not gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm cu- we're gonna have a little bit of conversation here. Um, you know, I. I... So... <laughs> not even. Not even. With hey man, this we'll, we'll, You'll see, but um, I think yeah. I mean, Saquon Barkley's proven he's one of the better running backs in the league. And, you know, last season was a tough one for him with injuries. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, w- I got to watch him, lucky enough, play in the Rose Bowl, um, which was really, really cool. Uh, and I watched that crazy run he had then, and I knew then that he was just, you know, a different player. And then the year after, you know, he was really versatile, you know, chopped up Ohio State pretty good um, until they lost to them in that game. But, um, yeah, I mean, he in the NFL, I mean – from day one, he was one of the better running backs in the league. And, you know, I think this upcoming season, he's going to bounce back. And, you know, the Giants, watch out for that little <laughs> tiny explosive offense, man. You know, we got Saquon Barkley, little D- Daniel Jones actually going there. All we need is a receiver. Danny, Danny Dimes. Dimes. I'll take Danny Dimes over Baker Mayfield any day of the week. We'll, we'll see about Danny Dimes. We'll see. He's got, he's got, we'll he's see got, about Danny got, Dimes. Yeah, but. Uh... Oh, he totally does. But I mean, he's he's got potential. I hated that pick when they got him. But I mean, he coughs up the ball more than a coronavirus patient. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. COVID just uh, bringing out yeah, the best yeah. in everybody. I don't know. I don't know when that becomes an, a meme. Know, okay to say. Oh, oh, not yet because you know only like a hundred thousand people have died. Yeah. in my country. Too soon, bro. Too soon. Okay. Um, at number eight, we got Run CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, this guy just a little more dynamic than Saquon, um, so I, that's why he edges him out. I mean, not to mention he's the highest paid running back now. So I mean, it's um, not every season you too. see a running back go a thousand for a thousand, you know. So that's a big accomplishment. I mean, he's the best running back he in the league, in my is. opinion. Um, and speaking of that, how do you have Ezekiel Elliott over Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> That you, how, how many how many running backs you know you, come you, into the see, league is, and are automatically the rushing leader in their first season? Your, your inner Cowboys fan is coming out. <laughs> you know we know you love Dak and you know I, you know no. we know you love Zeke. No, no, I'm you not. You can't no. say McCaffrey is worse than Zeke. There's just no way. You're a you you're absolutely a can't between the tackles. <laughs> you love America's team. <laughs> Coast <laughs> find you in the closet, like you know, like cr- like cradling you know a Cowboys helmet, wearing your Dak Prescott jersey. You know, Zeke's consistent. Zeke doesn't act out. Zeke is balanced. 
Zeke, Zeke is live. I mean, Zeke you, is you, live. You, you, I mean, <laughs> the list goes on. <laughs> hey man, what you say, hey, it's seven eight. It's seven eight nine. Hey, it's seven eight nine. Right it's now, I mean, it's a, it's a, it was it was close. Yeah, it's right? tough to group. To it, it's it's a bit of a toss. Well, the problem is because running back every year, there's a yeah. new guy that joins the list, and there's another one that drops. I mean, the position is though, you know, it's it, I mean, running backs are only sustainable now in the league for so long. Yeah. So I mean, for all we know, oh, three yeah, of these and... guys, one or two of them could be gone, and we could have two new, you know, fresh faces there. At, uh, you know, at, on one I of mean, those. Todd, one of Todd Gurley was a top five player a couple of years ago, and unfortunately, he has um, what's it called? What is what type of disease is he? Arthritis. arthritis. Yeah, his arthritis and his career kind of has fallen off since then. Okay, well, here and here's the other thing about Zeke. Here's why Zeke is one spot ahead of McCaffrey. One spot. It's because when you go, when you think of the Cowboys, when you game plan against the Cowboys, you know their identity. You know they're a run first team, and you know Dak's not a down down the field uh, QB. And guess what? This guy still shows up every game. So, I mean, to not have him right now above McCaffrey and Barkley. And he's been in the league longer. It's just he has more production. He's consistent. So, um, that's why he just got the very slight edge. All right. Um, at number six, you could also say this guy's a running back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Yeah, this guy's actually the top <laughs> running back on this list. Just kidding. Uh, no, Lamar Jackson, no, dynamic talent. I mean, I got to see him a little better as a passer to put him, uh, you know, in the top five. I don't want to interrupt. I don't That's why interrupt, um, he just misses the cut. Didn't he have the most touchdowns for, as a pocket passer in the NFL? I, I saw that somewhere. He did? I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he had the most touchdowns from the pocket in the NFL. All right, well, did that translate yeah, to I mean, the playoffs? Well, that is true. He did the, – the Ravens did shut him down. Yeah, he definitely, he running, definitely needs to running improve the ball, as a so passer struggled. because the only, way, the only way they want is I mean, when they were ahead and they could just run the ball and, like, pass when they need to. I mean, isn't this, isn't this just – isn't this just a more advanced version yeah, of the exactly. Dak debate? I mean, dude puts up – dude's great from the pocket apparently, but, you know, then we'll talk about when he wins playoff games. I think the same needs to be said here for Lamar. He's still young, though. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah still he's, got got a, he's got a lot of time. Um, at number five, we got George Kittle. Wow, top, top five. George Kittle, yeah, obviously the top tight end in the league. This guy likes pancakes. Kelsey, not not a big fan of pancakes. He's more of a, a soft a waffles kind of guy. Um, but yeah, Kittle. Now this guy can do it all. Uh, George Kittle, dude, love watching this guy play. He's he's incredibly tough to tackle. Um, you just need to watch the game against the Saints to find that out. Um, he, he he blocks like a champ, bro. He uh will pancake everyone. Um, definitely worthy of the number five spot. George Kittle, best tight end in the league, in my opinion. George Kittle, number four. Yeah, number four. Uh, wow, this is really interesting. Stephon Gilmore. I I I understand why you put that there. Yeah, I understand that. So so yeah, we got Gilly here at number four. Well, he just won Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, the dude was a shutdown corner. I mean, he backs it up and he doesn't even talk. Uh, I mean, I mean, the, the, you could just keep going on about this guy. Um, but yeah, definitely. I th- I don't know. I I think he's just uh he's just really ascended um as the top corner now. Um, just just ahead of Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey just had a. I mean, obviously that's kind of overshadowed maybe by um, Ramsey playing for a nine and seven Rams team. I mean, we'll see next next season, obviously. But I mean, just to get—I mean, we're splitting hairs here at the top. That's—I mean—that's what it, it comes down to for a lot of these guys, a lot of the top two guys at these positions. Um, 
And uh, at number three, Aaron Donald. Absolutely. Aaron Donald, number one pass rusher in the league, I think. And he does it from the middle. Um, you can't forget about him. I mean, he's just playing for a 9-7 Rams team, so that's why you're going to hear the outrage, you know. Um, but, yeah, this guy, he arguably should have won MVP. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for Mahomes, he would have won MVP uh, last season. So, um, yeah, no, that's why he's there at number three. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a great tackle, man. Too bad. I, I really wanted him to get that right. <laughs> that, uh, their offense only put up three. Oh, gosh. So. <laughs> Face system might be done, man. Um, <laughs> it might be. On the top we'll two. See, we'll see how he does this. I think this goes with his, uh, largely <clears> – <throat> I think we would all collectively agree on the top two, I'd say. Yeah. Um, number two, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. This guy. This guy works for <laughs> shit. <laughs> and he gets the job done. Um, I don't think you can say enough about this guy. Um, 11 and 5 should have been MVP. Definitely when you talk about most valuable MVP. player, this dude was – I mean, if we swapped Lamar and – Russell Wilson, you know, and they're, you know, and Russ was playing for the Ravens. I mean, that team could maybe go undefeated. Who knows? Um, I don't think Lamar's taking that team to 11 and five. Um, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, Russell Wilson um, splitting hairs here with the top guy, but um, love his game. Um, and he elevates the so so yeah, That's why he's. Maybe, and maybe. Yeah, that was the most beautiful. <laughs> that's why he's not number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah, he doesn't have two rings. Because Malcolm Butler. I mean that. that you could I, argue I mean, maybe they, that they, is they why he's not number one. They, that was the last time they were made I the mean, Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've been in the playoffs though. But I mean, well, the team. Yeah, the team hasn't been consistent. Like they weren't. Yeah, they haven't really replaced the offensive them. line. Is atrocious. Uh, they didn't replace that uh, that team well. You know. Uh, after, after those two years, oh, yeah. it's absurd. Oh, yeah. And they I mean, they won't they refuse to draft was... a, a tackle with their first. Yeah. Round also, pick, so. also they, um, they yeah they insist on running the ball like way too much. He's, Russell, you got to remember Russell Wilson's in like a run first offense, but he still puts up the numbers and the wins that that uh like almost Patrick Mahomes is. So I mean, Russ, and also. He doesn't have as good, nearly as good as receivers as uh, Patrick Mahomes does. No, well, he has DK Metcalf and what? Tyler Lockett. He's got decent he ones. DK. He obviously doesn't and have Tyler Lockett, Lockett Mahomes But I mean, he, he doesn't have like. I mean, hey, that explains why Travis Patrick's Kelsey number one. Though. I mean, you know, to be number one, you got to have a you know a management that's willing to put weapons around you, and the Seahawks just haven't done that for some reason. Yeah, okay. And um, we're, we're running short on time here, so we'll move on to number one. Patrick Mahomes. Um, this is the obvious one. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is what everybody compares uh, to when you look for your next Q- uh, franchise QB. It's um, Does he resemble Mahomes in any way? Why did the Giants um, not trade I mean, I think this, yeah, this speaks for itself here. No, no, I know they. they I know they did tried. It was, Why did the I bear? Remember, the like when he was in the draft, I was like, I want this guy on the Giants. Like he just, he just like. I mean, his tape in college was just extraordinary. I mean, he had a lot of mistakes, but it was you know 
all the mistakes he made were, you know, very fixable. I mean, yeah, they were fixable. but I mean, you know, you can make the argument, maybe he doesn't go with Andy Reed. You know, he never becomes the quarterback he is because Andy Reed is. A uh, hey, 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 hey. Oh, yeah. Co- Coach quarterback matters. But the thing with Mahomes was he had a he had a slight turnover problem. And that's nothing to really take lightly uh, when you're scouting uh, for who's going to be your next franchise QB. So, I mean, it's understandable, I think, why he fell to number 10, especially with the fact that he was making plays against uh, yeah, Big 12 yeah, corners. Also, I mean, Mitch those Trubisky aren't NFL. Ten- also in that draft, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, well, I mean, no, I don't know about – I can't <laughs> speak for Trubisky. I can't speak for why – I don't get what it. I will never understand From it. the rest of the pack and made him worthy of number two. But no, Mahomes. I mean, nobody understands that. But Mahomes did have a turnover oh, problem did. in college. Um, but that's just the Big Twelve, you know, um, way. So yeah, um, yeah, that was that was why. All right. Um, so we're gonna wrap our podcast out with a um, fun little segment. We call this the worst owners in North American sports. We're gonna start with Finn's favorite owner, Evan. James Dolan. James Dolan. My, you know. What do you call it? Oh my god, I can't I can't fib this, but well, I'll just get to it. Well, I moved to I moved hero. to New York last year and I'd been, you, you know, okay. family in New York my whole life. So I'd always kind of naturally been, you know, I've always naturally said or felt like the Knicks were kind of my team. Um and then I moved to the city last year and I got lucky enough to go to a Knicks game. Um which wasn't really a lucky experience. It was more of just, you know, watching someone basically shit on a court. Um but I got to see Donovan Mitchell, I guess. But the funniest thing with the Knicks is that they will never be good when, until James Dolan is not the owner of the Knicks. Because the man is a fool who, you know, would rather have his stupid alternative, like, modern house blues band succeed more than his basketball team. Um, and there's a great <laughs> video online for anyone who's not seen it. Shout out Yurting Tree, who is the king of <laughs> shitting on the worst owners in American sports. But uh, his video is great in explaining the intricacies of James Dolan and his idiocracy as an owner. Um, I don't even know if that's English, but I mean, it's hard to speak English when speaking about James Dolan. It's mostly just cursing, you know, which can be in any form. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about the goat of uh, who keeps it real? Yeah, go check out your dating tree and check out his videos. A free free promo for that guy. uh, Next, uh, next worst owner, Mike Brown, Cincinnati Bengals. God, Mike Brown. I mean, the most conservative, uh, not trying to win, but you know, we're we're still here. <laughs> uh, the only team in the North, I mean, in the North, playing in the cold, that doesn't have a practice facility. <laughs> they don't have, wait. They don't have an indoor practice facility. Really? I mean, I. <laughs> That's funny, actually. No. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the the biggest knock isn't the <laughs> the fact that the Bengals have been struggling forever. Also, the biggest had, knock like, is that they don't have an indoor practice facility. Business, no, they, they, so. they won a Super Bowl back in the late 80s. No, they didn't. I they su- haven't won a Super Bowl, have they? I'm pretty sure they have. No, I swear they have not won a Super Bowl. They've been to the Super Bowl. No, the Bengals won. So, dude. Yeah, they lost the Super Bowl. They lost two Super Bowls, 1981 and 1988, to the oh. 49ers. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I mean. Oh, man. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe if they had that indoor yeah. facility. I mean, that's, that's it. Really, All right, we got the next question though, right? right? Is like, can they build around Joe Burrow? I mean, is Mike Brown willing to, you know, make those, you know, the necessary, you know, financial, you know, investment to make sure if Joe Burrow's got weapons around him? Because I mean, I don't think AJ Green is ever going to be what AJ Green was, and you know, John Ross has proven to be, you know, not really living up to the billing. You know, he's very injury prone. So I mean. What, you know, what did they, I mean, what, did, you know, they brought in uh, T Higgins, which I really liked that pick, but um, yeah, I mean, they got it. They got, I mean, that's the one that thing with Joe pick. Burrow going to the Bengals is that, you know, it's a little bit, I mean, every quarterback that's gone there, you know, Andy in the last, you know, two decades, Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer, you know, they've been good, but not great. So, you know, what does Joe Burrow become? Well, my time will tell. I, I'm pretty high on Burrow. Though. Oh, I am I as well. I mean, I think he's, like... you know, he's, proven that he's you know done what it takes to become a great player yeah did i also mention he went to um, okay i didn't know if i did <laughs> oh wait did he no way no way you tell me you didn't know this okay oh, yeah. <laughs> no i i, I, knew. Oh, God. I knew i was kidding <laughs> uh next we got the forwards of the detroit lions is this the franchise that hasn't won a game a playoff game ever i think it is huh? they never have they've never Wait, that that can't be possible. They've never won a playoff game. Oh my! Oh, they've won like goodness. One. Let, me, let me look it up real quick. How many playoff games? You could you could argue the teams. Their last team think, in, okay. Hear this. Their uh, last should not still be in that win. city. I mean, <laughs> and today the it was the Lions' first and today only postseason victory since they won their last. When was this? Oh, they won. Oh, the nineteen ninety one was the last one. But before that, their last postseason victory was in 1957. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's atrocious. (laughs) The fact that this team – the fact that this team still has a fan base (laughs) – I mean, like – I mean – It's just remarkable. At some point, you got to stop blaming the team and start blaming the owner when you've had one playoff win in your entire existence. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, that's I mean, how business works, yeah, man. I mean, it's top got, down. They it had, top down. I mean, the thing is, they had Stafford, Calvin Johnson. Like, they've had great players on offense over the years. Like, it's not like they haven't they, been short of just stars. Obviously not bringing in the right people. Yeah, well, I, I don't think, I don't think Matt Patricia is really – I think he's fired after this year. Yeah. Not yeah. a quality NFL coach. Come on. Do better, Fords. Matt, Matt Stafford deserves better. I mean, he's not the answer either. All They're right. going to draft Justin Fields next year, and then he's going to suck for 10 years or whatever. Be the next Matthew Stafford. Does he go to Ohio State too? No, I think he goes to Georgia, right? Oh Oh, no, he transferred. That's right. Yeah, I don't think I've ever really. I don't know much (laughs) about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no way. We'll get to. We'll get to that soon. Oh, oh, college football. Another Ohio State product. Interesting. Next on our list of terrible owners is the goat, Michael Jordan, but not the goat of owners. You know why? Because he. Yeah. Obviously, sorry, uh, his greatness obviously did not translate off the court. <laughs> Hate to say it. Who pays but, Terry uh, That's Rozier where we stand that with the Charlotte Hornets. Real. Terry Rozier does not deserve that contract. I mean, there's a. I mean, the, the, I mean yeah, there's. I mean, Urinating Tree did a, a video on this guy. Uh, but there's another video um, by Mike Rozemba where he, uh, he draws out this conspiracy theory where MJ has become an owner. Um, solely to become, uh, I mean, to sabotage uh, LeBron James' career. So, um, and you know what? The wow. reasons are, are there. I, I'm telling you right now, 
That's a documentary. It's not that far fetched. It is not that far fetched. I mean, we don't we don't need the last dance. We need that. So yeah. All right. Oh my favorite. Definitely, definitely not least. I'll let the Chargers fans go for it. I can Jake. Dean Spanos. Oh my God. Where do we even get started with this guy? Okay. For all you San Diegans, or for all you people who don't know what the people of San Diego have gone through, all right? So basically, this dude, at the end of its, the Chargers' life in San Diego, he proposed – because, wait, why are the Chargers even there in the first place? Because he doesn't want to pay for a new stadium because he's greedy as hell. And so he proposes his half-baked Measure C, and, and Measure C proposes that – the that the hotel tax from tourists pay for the new stadium and but guess what you can't vote for that if you're not living downtown so obviously the hotels don't want that because they're gonna it's gonna detract business from them because it's gonna be way more expensive to stay at a hotel in san diego so measure c doesn't go through and dean spanos now has a reason to blame the city of san diego for not wanting the chargers because measure c doesn't go through and so then he fucks off to LA. So, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy that we're still Chargers I mean, fans. The after whole situation it makes you feel, like you feel bad for the players, the you know, the most. I mean, I mean, uh, the fans as also, well. Also, that wasn't the fans too. But I mean, that yeah, that wasn't even the worst incident. The worst incident, in my opinion, is when Marty Schottenheimer goes fourteen and two, and Dean Spanos decides he doesn't like him. And fires him, and replaces him with guess who? Norv. Not that Norv was bad. Marty Schottenheimer was like a great coach, though. And they went fourteen and two. And Dean's like, yeah, I don't like this guy because reasons. And fires. And you him. had fucking Mike he... McCoy, who is oh, Mike God. McCoy. <laughs> draw, Mike... draw. Mike McCoy was Short pass. Draw. Just the worst. Not a draw. Maybe the worst. Yeah, maybe it, the worst. Can we, coach that would ever be. Put a I would like to talk on. about that at some point. Like, can, like the styles of all the coaches in the NFL, because you get a very ver- good variety of styles, you know, and just like the way they <laughs> yeah. act on the sideline. Like, you know, I'm a big fan of Mike Rabel's style. You know, big. You know, just the football guy, usual style. Then you got you know the uh, the classic the classic Belichick. Like uh, one of my friends. I'm a big Shanahan guy. Yeah, Shanahan's got a good look. Yeah, he's got the the flat brim hat. Snapbacks yeah. for days. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go too far off topic, but um, I have a I have a friend in college who know, wore not... a Belichick hoodie to <laughs> dinner one day, and he had the cut off and everything, and I was like, "Are you wearing that hoodie? Because you got depression." Because <laughs> I was like, Damn. "The Belichick look like oh either signals that you are the biggest football guy on the planet, or you need help. <laughs> like, there's no in between." But Anyways, Jake, you got any right, thoughts back on, on Dean Spanos? Yeah. Get it back on top yeah. of I think it, I, I think, I think, thoughts on Dean Spanos, Jake? Um, or did I explain it? Well, this guy, if it, wasn't for, it was, if it wasn't for Mike Brown um, and not having an indoor facility in Cincinnati, um, this guy would be the cheapest owner in all of North American professional sports. This guy is just the absolute worst. Uh, I mean, he proposed a half-assed measure because he wanted out and he knew it would get shot down. And so he tried to seem like the good guy. Do you guys? But we know. The do you guys also cheap. remember how he and he, so, he announced the move? No press conference, no anything. Just a letter on social media saying we're moving to LA. 
Well, yeah, and then the, I think uh, the way they dealt with oh, the Philip Rivers situation, I mean, that says enough to what, no what kind of guy, I mean, Dean Spanos really is. He's not Jerry. For all the shit we give Jerry, uh-huh. but that's a guy that takes care of his players. I mean, uh-huh. no loyalty. Spanos is nothing Everyone's like that. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with guys like Joe and James and Jerry Bosa, man. Hopefully they don't get their careers ruined by this man. They probably will. Um, and that, that, that'll, that'll wrap, wrap it up. That'll, that'll do it for today. <laughs> that'll wrap it up. That'll wrap it up. Fuck you, no, no, um, no. Okay. That'll wrap it up. Um, if you guys have anything we, you want us to cover, let us know. And uh, I don't know how many viewers we have. Probably, probably we have tons zero. of viewers. What are you talking yeah. about? We're the most popular podcast in the United States. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot. No, I forgot. We, we have tons. Of send us, have send us ideas too. I mean, we got a ton of stuff we want to go over. We got the college football preview. We still got our NFL draft grades and our NFL preseason or our NFL season outlooks. I mean, we got a lot of stuff we want to cover, but. I'd also love to do some, you know, some different things. You know, we can do some fun stuff. Yeah, we're we're, we're Renaissance men. We can, do, we can talk about whatever. We just Books, like talking about music, yeah. movies, art. We got it all. <laughs> yeah, we're men of culture. <laughs> yeah, man, we're 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 the we're the triple yeah, so, threat of uh, podcast. Tune into the Simmer Down podcast. Uh, it's been a great time. Uh, we'll we'll see you next time.